Let's make today the day you get one step closer to becoming the parent you've always wanted to be and the parent your children deserve. Welcome to Powerful Parenting for Today's Kids. I am your host, Erin Taylor, and I have wanted to help parents and children literally since I was 11 years old. I created this podcast to help you make a stronger, healthier, deeper connection to your child, to understand the inevitable challenges a little better, and learn some new ways to navigate them when they occur. Thank you for spending some time with me. Now let's get this show started. Welcome everyone. May the 4th be with you. That's the day I'm recording this episode, this show. May the 4th. May 4th, 2020 also happens to be my youngest son's birthday. He turns 13 today. And that means we now have officially three teenagers in the house. And so today I wanted to dedicate this show to teenagers because I think teenagers get a really bad rap and I don't think it's fair. I think teenagers get a really bad rap because adults don't understand them. They don't remember clearly the various aspects and nuances of being a teenager. When you have a child and when you have a child when they're first born, people will say, enjoy them now, just wait till they're teenagers. And when your child is turning 11 or 12, they'll say, oh my gosh, you better buckle your seatbelt. It's about to get bumpy. Or... You have a teenager, I feel so bad for you. And I've always had an issue with this. I have, I personally have always loved teenagers. I think teenagers are super duper people. Are they always super easy to get along with? No. Are they easy to understand? Not always. Are they intense with their feelings? Almost always. But I think they get a bad rap. People warn you about the teen years. Oh, you better get ready. Enjoy them now because it's going to end soon when they turn into teenagers. And I think that's so unfair. Teenagers are awesome. When your kids are young, you... I remember when my 17-year-old was, uh, I guess he was two, and he was able to talk in sentences, and I picked him up from my friend who babysat him for like four hours a day while I went to work, and we stopped at Boston Market, and we had dinner, he and I, and when we were sitting there eating, I asked him, how his day was, and what did he do? And he was able to tell me that he played in the sand, and he watched Thomas the Tank Engine on TV, and he played with the ball. 
you know, a couple of basic things. And I remember sitting there going, oh my gosh, this is the most incredible thing ever. I am reconnecting with my child after our day, our days being apart. And he's able to communicate to me what he did for the day. It was so incredible to me that this little person, this little baby was turning into a person. Oh my gosh. I remember being just in complete awe and fascination and gratitude and joy, having this little conversation with my two-year-old. So then your kids start to be able to talk and they start to be able to tell you stories and talk about their day and tell you what they need or want. And, but still for many, many years of their childhood, you have to kind of censor what you say around them. You have to be careful not to say anything that's traumatizing or too mature for them or too complicated for them to understand. You have to censor your conversations with them. But once they become teenagers, they can discuss issues, they can discuss politics, they can discuss world events, they can discuss and process and really wrestle with really deep, difficult, challenging situations and issues and you no longer have to censor yourself and you could just share your ideas and your thoughts and listen to theirs and teenagers have the most interesting ideas they really tend to think out of the box where uh, we adults might look at a situation from the same old perspective hello how are you where we might listen to, or we might think of, uh, view a situation from the same perspective because we've known the issues and we've been thinking about that situation for a long time, maybe. We're kind of in the box in terms of our thought processes and our creativity about it. But teenagers tend to come from this wildly fresh perspective that's nowhere It's not in the box. Forget about that. It's not even anywhere near the box. It's just different. And their ideas are creative and their minds are stretching and they're coming up with really innovative ideas. And sometimes their ideas are outlandish and unreasonable, unrealistic, ridiculous. And sometimes they have fabulous ideas. I love having conversations with teenagers because they are just so, they're so fascinating to me. And so why, but why are parents afraid of them? Or why, why do parents dread the teenage years? What about when they see us panic about this issue when the threat is real and we all react so differently? That's an interesting, a good question. I think when we panic about something, the word panic in the context I think you're using it in is not a helpful thing ever for anyone because panic uh, disconnects us from our ability to think rationally about a situation or access our creativity to come up with a a way forward, a solution, a 
set of steps that we can take or actions that we can take. So when we panic, we don't have access to any of that. And we're probably not going to make a really wise decision about how to move forward. Now, if you're talking about the, the pandemic, the threat is real. But I don't think that panic ever has a place in our lives, um, a useful, welcome place in our lives. We can be careful about um, not spreading the virus. We can be responsible. We can be um, well careful and responsible, right? We can do our part. We can make sure we're educating ourselves about what is the proper what are the proper steps to take and then make sure we're taking them. But panic is never something that will help us and it won't help our kids either. When they're panicking, they also can't access uh, logic and creativity and stuff. So, um, and yes, we do react differently. And yes, the we all have a different approach to this. But in, But if we're talking about teenagers when we talk about how they are, how they think, how they view the world, they tend to have some very interesting ideas about this pandemic even. And it's fascinating if we just give them the space to share their ideas. They may want to steamroll over us with their ideas. They also may have tons of ideas that they won't necessarily share unless you invite them to share their thoughts with you. And they have, I trust me, they may not be talking to you that much, but I can guarantee you they are filled with ideas and opinions and observations about the world around them. And so isn't it a gift if we can give them the space and the platform to share with us their viewpoints, their observations, their opinions, their ideas, because they might have some good ones. They just might have some good ones. And so I really invite you, if you have teenagers in your life, if you're a parent of a teenager, if you have teenage nieces and nephews, next door neighbors, whatever it is, to look at them in a different light. Look at them with curiosity. Look at them with a desire to get to know who they are and what they think about the world. It's fascinating when you really, really listen to them and hear what they think. They have really different ideas and it's really refreshing to hear a young person's viewpoint about something. And yes, the other thing that makes them challenging and makes people dread the teenage years is that they want to branch out and they want to try new things and they want to flex their creative or uh, independent muscle and they want to do what they want to do. Now that can show up as look like pushing back against parental rules and authority, but it's also important to remember that it's very natural. It's very natural for teenagers to want uh, flexibility. And uh, sorry, create. what am I saying? It's very natural for teenagers to want freedom. 
They want to do the things they want to do. They want to hang out with their friends. They want to go where they want to go. And a parent's responsibility and challenge is to figure out how they can give their their teenagers as much freedom as possible while also still holding certain boundaries and saying no only when it's absolutely necessary saying yes as often as it feels comfortable to say yes, allowing them to make their own decisions when possible, make their own mistakes when they will, and stand with them to guide them and help them figure it out. Because before you know it, before you blink your eyes, they're going to be off on their own. Whether it's college, working, living on their own, traveling, whatever it is, they're going to be off on their own needing to make their own decisions. So the best thing that we can do, especially as they get to be older teenagers, is to allow them to make more and more of their own decisions and then stand next to them and guide them and help them, help them make good decisions. But then if they make a mistake, allow them to make a mistake and then help them to figure it out from there. And then, is it wrong to ask for help or their opinion about the pandemic? Absolutely not. I think it's fabulous to ask for their help during this pandemic, to ask for their opinion or ideas during this pandemic. You never know what they might come up with. My 17-year-old, for example, when this quarantine was first starting, he, he came to me and he said, I don't understand why we all have to be quarantined. If this virus is dangerous to, most dangerous to the elderly and those with pre-existing conditions, why don't all of them quarantine themselves and then the rest of us will just live our lives and if we get it, we get it, but then we'll most likely develop some immunity to it. And I had not previously heard anyone say that. And when he first said it, I thought, in my mind, I thought, well, that sounds like a a convenient idea to justify why you should still have your freedom and then make those who are really at risk of the disease hole up in their homes and never come out again. That seems like a convenient rationale for you you keeping your freedom. But then I've heard many experts talk about as we move forward and come out of this global quarantine, if that's what's going to have to happen, that the younger and healthier among us have to start resuming our lives to some degree, as long as there's no real treatment or vaccine. And the most vulnerable of us among us may have to still take extra precautions that the rest of us might not have to take, like staying home, like not going to the grocery store, like not going to big gatherings and things like that. So he as far as I could tell in my world, he was the first one that ever suggested that idea. And so as his parent, I didn't say this to him, but as his parent, I thought, well, of course you would think that because that is a way to justify why you should keep your freedom. But then actually other adults came up with that idea as well. 
So if you give your your teenagers the space to share their ideas, their opinions, their observations, their insights, their thoughts about the world, you might be totally amazed with what they share with you. And like I said, the other advice I have is to say yes as often as you feel comfortable when they want to stretch their wings. And then when you do have to say no, then it's, a, it's much easier to say no. When I have to say no to my 17-year-old, when we have to say no, we, when, when I'm the one talking to him and he wants to do something and I just don't feel comfortable with it and I have to say no, he might be disappointed that I'm saying no, but if he pushes at all, which he doesn't usually push back, but if he pushes at all, I, I remind him, you know that I say yes as often as I possibly can. And he, he shakes his head, yeah, I know. And I said, and you also know that when I say no, number one, it's rare. And number two, I only say no when it's a hard capital no. This just is not something I'm comfortable with. And then he accepts it because he does know that I say yes as often as I feel comfortable saying yes, even though I might not prefer for him, prefer to say yes in a situation because I'd rather him stay home or whatever because I want him around. I know he needs to exercise his freedom and uh, independence. And so I say yes a lot. But then he accepts my nose much more easily when I do. So that's the information or the ideas or the insights I can share with you about teenagers. I now have three of them in the house, and I'm so happy to have three teenagers. All right, that's it for today. I hope that you have a great rest of your day, and I will see you here same time tomorrow. Bye. That wraps up this episode of Powerful Parenting for Today's Kids. If you know anyone who could benefit from this episode or this podcast in general, please share it with them. Also, I always love hearing feedback from my listeners. I welcome you to send me an email to erin at erin-taylor.com if you have any comments or questions that come up for you in an episode. Our children are our future. Parenting them is the most sacred task we will ever be asked to do. It truly does take a village to raise a child. Let's help each other to raise our children to be who it is they are meant to be. If at any point you feel like you need a little extra help and support, reach out to me. I am here to help you.